is Express FM. Supported by Southern Co-op. We are passionately Pompey. The performances of late just have not been good enough. You don't need me to tell you how the Fratton Park faithful feel about full-time. Pure, unadulterated Pompey. Danny hasn't done it himself. The players need to perform on the pitch. We know these players are good enough. Action and reaction. There's the equaliser. Slow motion. It fires its way into the bottom corner. The new incoming manager needs to be able to deliver success quickly. Giving Pompey fans a voice. We've got to get out of this division and into the championship. Come on, let's show some ambition. Get us a name. Let's get Pompey out of League One. It's been too long. This is the Football Hour. I cannot highlight how important this next two, three weeks are for the future of this football club. It's the end of the road for Danny Cowley. You don't need me to tell you how the Fratton Park faithful feel about full-time. The booze are loud, people are heading to the exit, and Pompey still don't have the answer of how to end this dismal run of form. Sunday's defeat to Charlton proved to be the final straw for Pompey, who are now deep in search for a new head coach. We'll gather the opinions of Blues fans back home tonight, as well as from one of the men who was part of making such a difficult decision, Andy Cullen who is not looking to rush for search for Cowley's replacement. It will take as long as it takes to get the right appointment, but if we're patient, and as we've seen, we've been patient in the past, we'll get the best decision and the right appointment for Portsmouth Football Club going forward. First team coach Simon Bassey takes charge of the squad for tomorrow's trip to Spurs in the FA Cup. We'll preview that game and hear from him before 7 o'clock. There's a good group here and we're going to go Saturday and, and hopefully give a really good account of ourselves and show that there's some fight in us still. As well as Pompey women's head coach Jay Sadler, whose side are also in FA Cup action this weekend. This is a fantastic time, fantastic challenge for us. We're going away from home to the Championship League leaders, so it's going to be a, a tough, tough ask for us. But it's a great asset test to see where we're at. We rise our game when we're playing against top teams, and this will be no different. It's been a busy week, and it's about to get even more manic over the next few days. Strap yourselves in and welcome. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. Good evening, welcome along to this Friday night edition of the Football Hour here on 93.7 Express FM. Brought to you in partnership with Stagecoach Across the South. Download the app today to track your bus and even prepay for your ticket too. Well, it has been an extremely busy week down here on the South Coast. Monday night saw Blues head coach Danny Cowley, as well as his brother and assistant Nicky, dismissed from their positions at Fratton Park following a string of poor results in the league and performances too on the pitch dating back to the start of October. Since then, the inevitable toing and throwing of names supposedly available and reportedly willing to succeed the Cowley brothers has occurred, and that's something we'll be discussing tonight. And we also review the comments of CEO Andrew Cullen, who emphasises the club's desire to not rush into making an appointment. We'll gauge the reaction of supporters on the news and preview a big weekend of FA Cup football for both the men's and women's teams, hearing from both Simon Bassey and Jay Sadler between now and 7 o'clock. 81400 is our text number here. Be sure to start your messages with the word express if you wish to get involved. Otherwise, you can email sport at expressfm.com. Join in the conversation on Twitter by including at expressfm within your tweets or head to facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. Well, the best way to kick off what is built to be an extremely busy show tonight is by starting right at the very start of the new year, January the 1st at PO4, as Pompey played host to Charlton Athletic in League One for what turned out to be Danny Cowley's final act as head coach of Portsmouth Football Club. 
is passionately pumping. A wonderful goal! Every second of the action is right here. Jason scores! 90 minutes of passionately pumpy commentary. He scored! This is... You want to believe it! Pompey Live. The year might have changed. Will the fortunes change for Portsmouth? We are underway. Portsmouth in their usual home kit going from left to right. And it could be a counter-attack on for Pompey here. Dale bursting down the right-hand side. He's got to try and get round Sessegnon. Cutting in field. Lays it off for Swanson. Dead ball line. Can he get the cross in? No, it's blocked. And Pompey has to settle for a corner kick. Nil nil. Lays it for Curtis. And then it's easy for John to pick up. And they'll break into the penalty area. And Raksaki's trying to get a shot on goal. He's left ragged for Den. He's curled it into the corner. And it's Charlton who take the lead. It's Jay Shuren Ratzaki, sixth goal of the season. All too easy. And at the midway point of the first half, the deadlock's broken. Portsmouth nil, Charlton one. And Scarlett's one and one with the last defender. Dane Scarlett for Portsmouth into the box. Scarlett, he's overrun that, surely. And it's through to Maynard Brewer, the goalkeeper. Fraser, corner of the box, whips one in. Dangerous. Griffiths fumbles it on the ground. He makes a good save when Lieburn was there. Nice ball forward. Scarlett could be in here. Scarlett, can he turn his man? Scarlett, can he get the shot away? Save. Maynard Brewer. Better and Pompey win a corner. Break away to the far post. Raggett trying to win it down. Loose in the box. Ogilvy! Yes! There's the equaliser! Connor Ogilvy hooks it, goalbound with his right foot. And in slow motion, it finds its way past Maynard Brewer into the bottom corner. I don't think Connor Ogilvy's right foot was a likely source of a goal, but it's the provider. Porter's one shot and one. Fraser into the box. Fraser, can he get the shot away? He can and he'll score. Scott Fraser with his third goal against Portsmouth on his left foot, drills it back across Griffiths into the bottom corner. Sloppy for Pompey to give it away. They couldn't stop him. And an equaliser at the end of stoppage time and parity lasts three minutes in the second half. It's Portsmouth one, Charlton two. Fraser lining this one up, left-footed over the wall, off the bar and into the hands of Griffiths and he's fortunate but he'll take that. Pat has played himself into a bit of trouble there and a free kick and Pack's going to be sent off here and Pack's blaming Swanson for this and for the second time this season Marlon Pack is sent off against Charlton a second yellow card and Pompey will play the last quarter of this game with 10 men. Payne lays it off, chance to end it, great save by Griffiths and then it hits Dale and goes into the net They're going to lose. They're going to start 2023 with defeat. You don't need me to tell you how the front part faithful feel about full time. The booze are loud. People are heading to the exit. And Pompey still don't have the answer of how to end this dismal run of form. Every second of the action is right here. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. A revisit there of Sunday's 3-1 defeat at the hands of Charlton Athletic at Fratton Park as Pompey slumped down to 12th in League One and as a result uh, would ultimately put the final nail in the coffin for Danny Cowley's time as head coach of Portsmouth. Alongside me tonight to try and get through everything there is to discuss tonight, first of all, a very good evening to Tom Chappell, content creator and host of the 4-0 Written All Over at YouTube channel. Tom, a pleasure as always to have you on the show, my friend. It's been a little bit longer than it normally is, hasn't it, Jake? Yeah. Um, but you know... it's nice to speak to you, and I'm looking forward to the start of the Express FM FA Cup weekend. Uh, yes, and you've got it 
spot on, Tom. The FA Cup weekend, uh, and that is something we're going to be talking about at great length at some point tonight. We've got so much to get through. It's been a busy week, and, and it doesn't rain. It pours at Portsmouth Football Club. We get some <laughs> slow news days. We get some football hours where there's nothing to talk about. Nil-nil draws to try and slog through 60 minutes of, and then you get all of the news happening at once. And that's what we've got to try and do today. But as you mentioned, yeah, FA Cup weekends are here on Express FM. Pompey covering the men's trip to Spurs tomorrow. And of course, the women's trip to the London City Lionesses um, a little later this weekend on Sunday. Tom's first appearance on a football hour since August when Pompey were unbeaten in League One and things were going so, so well uh, for Danny Cowley. Unfortunately, not the case anymore. Tom, what that signals is you need to come on a bit more, my friend, so uh, we can keep up on a form. Yes, we, 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 we want to try and put some, um, yes, yeah, it's, it's sort of... We, we we want to put some breaks in, in the form, don't we? So yeah. maybe some more Express FM football hour appearances might, might be a bit overdue. Yes, I think absolutely. so. <laughs> and with yourself, Tom, we have Ian Chiverton here to look ahead to not only, as we mentioned, men's FA Cup game, but women's too. Chiv, welcome back to the show. Uh, thanks for having me. And as I mentioned, Chiv, we want to get on to that women's game against the London City Lionesses later in the show. So let, let's try and get through this as quickly as we can. And the, the biggest news of the week, undoubtedly coming out of Fratton Park, Monday night, 10 o'clock, the announcement that Danny and Nikki Cowley were relieved of their duties at Fratton Park. Um, one win in the last 14 league games, performances hit a massive dip since that sort of August and September period. Did that come as much of a surprise to you? Yeah, I was pretty surprised, actually. I mean, it doesn't... I think everyone was. I mean, like, they don't have a history of sacking managers quickly, as we know. Um, he'd had his transfer windows. It was his squad. Um, we assumed that he'd get more time, but, you know, I would have liked him to have had more time. But when you look at the, the stats and the record and you just think, you know, it's his squad, it's his team... And just how, how on earth was he going to turn it around? It wasn't just a bad run of form. It was absolutely wretched. Mm. And we didn't even show glimmers of really changing. And, you know, I'm the biggest Danny Cowley flang, fan going, and I've taken a lot of flack for that this week. But I, I just, mm. I, even I just couldn't see how the guy could turn it around. He looked completely mm. emotional and dejected, didn't he, at full time? Yeah. Uh, ultimately, Tom, um, you know, a lot of Pompey fans, myself, you know, included as a supporter, um, we wish them all the best. Of course, we do. Anyone who leaves the club, the club, we wish all of the best in their future endeavours. But with Danny and Nicky Cowley, you got the idea that they were genuine, really hardworking people. They understood mm. the ethos, the philosophy of this club, and they tried so hard to get on board with the fans. And, and that they did from, you know, the, the very outset, working in the community um, a lot as well. And, and they knew exactly what football and the community meant to the city not just for football club as well so off the pitch they will be uh, a huge huge miss to to the city it's, it's a different level isn't it really when, when you think of Danny and Nick and I know there's a lot of people this week and Ian sort of alluded to it that kind of dismissed the the human element of it and, and what they did for as you just said the ethos of the city and the community but I really think that can't be ignored and I think it will it would it's a tough act to follow isn't it Danny and Nicky in terms of the the way in which they invested in the fans and as a result, the fans invested in them. I remember speaking to him on on the channel at the end of, um, it was just before the, just after the Plymouth game at Fratton Park, that 2-2 draw. 
um, September, mid-September time. And I remember walking out of his office and thinking, this guy will walk whenever he wants to because he, he's got the fans on side, he's got the mm. players playing in the way that he wants to and he's getting the results and, and we're in a really good moment. Um, and, you know, you fast forward to just over three months later and the the uh, powers that be at Pompey have sat the, the pair of them. So uh, a couple of months is a long time in football. We know we've had a busy week. Um I'm, you look at it on paper, don't you? And you, you look at the the kind of the one winning 13 or 14 or whatever it is. And you mm. think, yeah, it, you know, managers get sacked on the basis of bad form. And, and that happens up and down the country or around the world. But actually, when, when you when you think about it, it doesn't feel like that long ago when we, we were all motoring and, and it was Danny Cowley's Blue and White Army. So, um, but those those times are gone and it, it's, a, it's a changing of the guard and a, a new era hopefully begins not, not too far in, in the future. Uh, Tom, thank you. Ian as well, thank you very much so far for your contributions to the show. We've heard from you guys. We're going to hear more uh, from the fans on social media as well. All the usual ways can be found on our website, expressfm.com, if you haven't got in touch so far. But um, after the news broke of Danny and Nikki Cowley's dismissal earlier this week, I asked some fans back home to get in touch with their thoughts, first asking for their initial reaction to the news. I was surprised that the acts had been wielded so quick. I think a lot of the time... The fans can have a say on a manager or a managerial vacancy or position at the club and the board don't always reflect the same attitude or opinion the fans do. So I think it was a good decision made at a good time. But yeah, I was quite shocked with how sudden it was after the game, but it was needed. My initial reaction was relief because we all know that performances on the pitch have been far from good enough these last couple of months. But also a tinge of sadness as well because the Cali brothers are genuinely good people and they truly embrace the spirit of Portsmouth Football Club as well as the community. But overall, I do think it was the right decision and now it's time to look forwards and work towards getting ourselves back on track as soon as possible in the league uh, for the second half of the season. At first, I was very shocked and a bit upset that Danny had gone. But then you think back and look at the reactions of the threatening really put the last nail in the coffin for his career at Pompey, unfortunately. I think my initial reaction to Cowley was it was somewhat inevitable. I think we all saw it coming. I think the big shock was that the Eisners actually pulled the trigger um, as soon as they did. A lot's been said about how nice the Cowleys were, and I think they genuinely were. They got Pompey, they were great with the fans, they were honest, they always came out at the end of the match and spoke to the press, whatever the result. But I'm afraid the football that we were playing was so boring. It lacked any creativity, and I think the players were playing with a bit of fear. It appeared to me that they were making a very simple game far too complicated. I was initially surprised at Danny Cowley and Nicky Cowley sacking. I thought they would have been given more time. However, when, once you lose the support of the Fatten End at Fatten Park, your time is really numbered. Danny Cowley, of course, for man who has been dismissed following recent performances. But what have the supporters had to say about the players who've been putting the performances actually on the pitch? Yes, I think players have to take some accountability for the recent results. There have been individual errors. There have been times where I've been watching and players just haven't looked interested at all in making themselves available for throw-ins set pieces and there's been a lack of creativity in the final third so I think it goes down to a lack of confidence a tactical approach which may be a mismatch in some games but yeah there are definitely individual areas and some performances have dropped I do think that the buck stops with the manager but obviously you can't ignore the fact that the players themselves have underperformed in recent weeks and for them now it's really a clean slate and firstly they need to show why they're good enough to play for a club like Pompey and then going forward, they need to support the new manager that comes in. And that's with our ultimate goal of still trying to win promotion to the championship at the end of the season. Danny has to take some of the blame for his own sacking, of course. Poor team selections and tactics have played their part in our poor run of form. 
However, for me, the majority of the blame for his dismissal falls on the players. They've been nowhere near as good as they were during the first two months of the season, and the downfall from that point onwards has been catastrophic. There's no leadership or responsibility, the lack of quality throughout the team has become almost embarrassing, and they simply were not playing as a team in the build-up to Danny's sacking. They have a lot to take accountability for. Of course, it's always the manager that gets the sack. It's never the players that get the sack, they get dropped. They get a good talking to, they get the hairdryer treatment, but there's a lot in that squad who need to have a look at themselves because they haven't been putting in a shift. Fans want to see players trying hard, working hard, tracking back, putting in a tackle, communicating with their teammates. From that comes possession football, and from that comes goal-scoring opportunities, and then you've got the potential to win football matches. At the moment, too many draws, too many dull performances, and it's just not been good enough and that squad needs to have a good look at themselves. Any manager is accountable for the performance of its team. However, the players have a responsibility for putting in their performance to deliver the results of Portsmouth Football Club. One, where we really need to be, and that is pushing for the playoffs. Pompey's performances have been so below standard that they've ultimately cost Danny Cowley his job. What do these supporters now want to see from their new head coach? A new manager needs to bring energy and commitment first and foremost and also needs to understand what it's like to be a manager of a club like Pompey. But going forward, they need to work out how best to utilise the talent that we already have in this squad. We have a really strong League One team, in my opinion, and it's all about finding a system and a style of play which is best suited to the players. For me, the number one pick would be Chris Wilder. Uh, as anyone who's been around in football in recent years knows how successful he's been, and uh, I think it would be a really ambitious appointment. The new manager that comes in needs to have a plan. He needs to fire up this squad. He needs to know which signings he wants, which loans he wants. I'm not a big fan of the loan system, but if we have to have them, make them good ones. But he also needs to come with the knowledge that there'll be 19,000 fans, Pompey fans, at every home match, waiting to be entertained. And entertained is not passing across the back four, not passing back to the keeper. It's forward-looking, positive, attacking football. Just bring the passion back to Fratton Park, make it a fortress again. From the names that have been bandied around, I think I'd give it to Neil Warnock. First of all, the new manager needs to know what they're doing and how to get out of this division. I'm leaning towards appointing someone who's experienced at this level and getting out of it, rather than a young up-and-coming manager who may have had one good spell elsewhere in recent times. The new gaffer simply has to be able to deliver success. There doesn't seem to be too many free agents as things stand, so maybe the Pompey have to pay money up front for their top target. Chris Wilder has been mentioned a lot already, but I personally think it's unrealistic. Someone like Lee Bowie could be tempted into the job while he knows how to get his division already. A big, big thank you to everyone who got involved with that piece there. Mark McGee, Tom Malley, Brendan Tertiet, Kev Stokes, Jeff Harris, Alex Fletcher, Joe Wood and Mark Coates as well. Big, big thank you to all of those guys for getting in touch uh, with their thoughts following the sacking of Danny Cowley as Pompey head coach. Then Tom Chappell and Ian Chiverton join me on the show live this evening on the Football Hour. Tom, we mentioned it previously, of course, reaction uh, following that news on Monday night. and and. I think Chiv was mentioning uh, prior to that piece about really the the, the shock that the Eisners and, and really that this club as as a whole have made this decision really quickly and acted upon it uh, so swiftly. Is that to you beneficial in the long run, considering when we had this scenario, what, nearly two years ago with Kenny Jackett, there were many complaining that actually it was quite the reverse of that. And they were taking too long to make some sort of decision. Yeah, I mean, there's an element to to both sides of that, isn't there? You're, you're kind of thinking about how long it took under Kenny Jacking. You're quite right. There, there was a, a long period of time where I think 
people like myself and, and supporters in the like would have and maybe some of the people that we just heard from were thinking how long it took I think we have to factor in the fact that we did have a lot of COVID football at the kind of the mm. tail end of Kenny Jackett's era and maybe the fans as they turned on Danny and Nicky in the front and end that Jeff was mentioning um, just now in, in the last couple of weeks I'm, I'm looking at the sort of the MK Dons and the Charlton game as, as being the, the final nail in the coffin I don't think fans either had the opportunity to or, or maybe did turn on, on Kenny Jacket like that um, and, and therefore I think the process might have been elongated slightly in terms of the, the changing of the guard in a managerial sense the, the thing I would say with with Danny Cowley is is I think that in, in a football as a business, and we all know that football is a business, I don't think you can have unhappy people coming to Fratton Park. I think we're, we're a, obviously a revenue-based football club, as, as every football club is, and, and you need to keep those people coming ultimately coming to, to watch the football every week and and if they're being driven from their seats as I think the football was doing um, I noticed and you would have seen it Jake and I'm sure Ian you were there too that the, the Fratton end was emptier than it normally is mm. at, at both the MK Dons and the Charlton game prior to the booze um, and, and I think that was a telling sign and, and I think they needed to act decisively and, and, and maybe even it's a case of learning from previous mistakes. Maybe they, they actually look back in hindsight. I'm not trying to speak on behalf of the owners or the board, but maybe they realised that actually it was quite a long time that elapsed between Danny, uh, between Kenny Jackett's sack, uh, what, needing to, to get the sack and, mm. and perhaps being relieved of his duties and, and maybe they, they didn't feel like there was time to waste on, on, on this occasion. Mm. Tom, thank you. Chip, uh, do hold tight, my friend. We'll be back with you in just a few moments' time right after the break when we'll also hear from Pompey Chief Executive Andy Cullen who shares how difficult it really was to make such a decision on Monday night. Danny and Nicky really got Portsmouth. They knew what the football club meant to the city, what it meant to people, what it meant to support. I'm sure that whenever they come back, because of that work and because of the contribution they made to so many people in Portsmouth and to so many different good causes, that they'll always be guaranteed a fond welcome whenever they come back to Fratton Park. Plenty more to come when the Football Hour returns next. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. The new Stagecoach Flexi 5, a bus ticket that works when you do, for those who travel often, but not every day. These new flexible bus tickets are available as Flexi 5, bundles of five day riders for the price of four, and Flexi 10, bundles of 10 day riders for the price of seven. Flexi tickets are now available to download via the Stagecoach bus app. Download Flexi 5 or Flexi 10 from Apple App Store or Google Play today. For more information, visit stagecoachbus.com. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. A very good evening. Welcome back to the Football Hour here on Express FM, driven to you as ever by Stagecoach across the South. You can visit stagecoachbus.com for even more information on the services they can provide to you. So the big news tonight, of course, the dismissal of Danny and Nicky Cowley at Fratton Park. The search for a new head coach goes on at Pompey after Monday's announcement uh, of their sacking. We know that Simon Bassey, uh, first team coach, will take charge of the Blues when they take on Spurs tomorrow afternoon with academy coach Zesh Raymond alongside, as well as first team coaches Lorenzo and Joe, until, of course, that new appointment is made. Let's hear now from Blues CEO Andy Cullen, who spoke to Max Swatton on Tuesday morning, the night after the uh, announcement was made in regards to Danny and Nicky Cowley, and he was first asked how much of a difficult decision it was to make. It's extremely tough. Uh, it's a fairly traumatic time, and football brings you some great moments, can bring you some moments of... Uh, 
real sort of joy and, and happiness, but this is one of the more difficult things uh, when you lose uh, people, good people who, who, who lose their jobs, people that work so hard um, and were determined uh, in Danny and Nicky to bring success to Portsmouth Football Club every waking hour was totally committed to the future of the football club. So it's been incredibly tough the last 48 hours. Quite frankly though, you know, we, we had to make the decision. We all know uh, and we all accept uh, that results haven't been what they should have been, uh, where we expect to be, where we want to be. I think that is something that's embraced by everybody who works at the football club. Um, I think Danny and Nicky understood that in the conversations and I had with Danny last night when I went to meet him. It was very, very difficult um, and not what they deserve. It's obviously never nice to see anyone go, especially with how much they gave, not only to the club, but the city and the community as well. Uh, it was credible commitment. I mean, in terms of what you do within a football club, the amount of attention you have to put into planning for the next set of matches, uh, the analysis that goes into it, the coaching on the field, man managing uh, 28 professional footballers, uh, looking at uh, all the operational aspects uh, that go with it as well, managing staff. And on top of that, Danny and Nicky really got Portsmouth. They knew what the football club meant to the city, what it meant to people, what it meant to supporters. And that drove them to do their utmost to bring success and build that connection. And it's easy to forget, you know, that you know, just a couple of years ago when they joined the club, we were just coming out of COVID. Um, there hadn't been much engagement for obvious reasons between the football club and supporters. Um, and they tackled that head on, got really, really involved, whether it be coaching a, a young girls session or going out with the academy to take a session getting involved with you know deprived people within the community we didn't have to ask them twice they were out there doing it and there were things that I was absolutely amazed by when they'd come back and tell me that they'd been out and done some work and what they'd been out to do and how they put smiles on faces so a real connection um, and forever be grateful and I'm sure that whenever they come back because of that work and because of the contribution they made to put so many people in Portsmouth and to so many different good causes that they'll always be guaranteed a fond welcome whenever they come back to Fratton Park. Absolutely. What type of new head coach do you want to see appointed? Well, I think it's, you know, we've changed a lot of things at the football club over the last uh, 18 months and one of the key things we've done is bring in Richard Hughes as our sporting director. So uh, we want somebody who is comfortable as a head coach working within the new structure that we've set ourselves. So we have a defined list of attributes, obviously leadership and vision is important, strategic alignment is big as well, so the, not just the ability to work with a sporting director, but in terms of our overall long-term recruitment strategy, uh, and that is, you know, re-emphasising the need to recruit and develop, you know, good young players, young emerging talent coming into the game uh, that can make a difference and become assets for the football club. We want a number of those to be first team ready, ready to go. Uh, we obviously are very, very keen to continue the progress in developing our own players. So we want a lot, you know, the, the, the new Matt, the new head coach, to have an alignment with the academy as well. Uh, and uh, that's not to say that you know we, we at the expense of any experienced players, because you need that modicum of experience to complement the young talent that you want to bring through. So we want to do that. We're keen that you know we send a considerable amount of our budget on loan players. We're developing other people's assets. We will still have loan players, but we just want to get the balance right between you know the expenditure on loan players and and, and, and indeed permanent players. So. Those are things that um, you know, we, we, we want to see in that new head coach that's coming through. So we're very open-minded, um, but 
ultimately we have those attributes, we have those characteristics in somebody that we're looking for, uh, and we want to make sure you know we're not the owners of people that give stability to managers. You know, this football club isn't a hire and fire um, mentality. You can see that over previous appointments. So it'll be a coach coming in as well, and somebody maybe who can look to build their career as well and, and have those aspirations. So, but we're looking, you know, we'll be looking for people with really good, good ideas, a real vision as to where they want to take Pompey, um, and also, you know, very, very comfortable in working within our new structure. Now, the search for a new head coach will begin immediately, as you say. What's the timeline going to look like for you? Well, for us in the interim period, it will take, will take as long as it takes to get the right appointment. It's very difficult to put times on these things because you may identify somebody who have already got a number of ideas that uh, we, you know, we, we, we want to follow up, but some of those may take time. They may be people in an existing job and you know, we have to get permission to speak to people. They may be people who have got other commitments at the moment. Uh, there may be other factors that come into play that prevent you from making the appointment as quickly as you might want to be. But if we're patient and we're prepared to, you know, as we've seen, we've, we've been patient in the past, we'll get the best decision and the right appointment for Portsmouth Football Club going forward and that is incumbent on me and Rich to deliver against. And just finally, Michael and Eric Eisner have taken to Twitter with their thoughts both last night and this morning which just shows how much of a good relationship they had and how difficult a decision this must have been for the whole board. Yeah, it was difficult for the board. You know, ultimately, um, they looked to myself and, and, and others uh, for, for guidance but it's a decision we've all made collectively as one. Uh, we will we, make a, you know, a collective decision on the way forward. Again, they'll be looking to Rich and myself in terms of guidance as to the, you know, the candidate that we recommend to them. Um, but we're all clear as to what we want. We're all, we're all sort of united in, 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 in the characteristics we want in that new head coach. So uh, Michael, Eric, the whole board are as determined that we win promotion. Um, they, 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 want, you know, they want to get out of League One. We want a manager who's going to help us get there, take us to the next level and then look beyond. And uh, their commitment and their uh, determination to do that remains as strong as it's ever been. And in regards to a new head coach, there have been plenty of names uh, fluttered about on social media through uh, multiple news outlets as well. The likes of Liam Richardson, previously, of course, uh, assistant manager to Paul Cook here at Fratton Park. Uh, he's been branded uh, an option. Anthony Barry, a coach at Chelsea, uh, up and coming gaffer, potentially Grant McCann, recently uh, been, been removed from Peterborough and replaced by Darren Ferguson. Chris Wilder, previously at Middlesbrough, he's been out of a job since October. Lee Brown Bradbury as well was uh, at some point in the frame, as well as Liam Manning too. And also odd shouts of Lee Bowyer, Sam Allardyce, Daryl Clark, Neil Warnock, Dean Smith. But Chiv, if we're being honest, when when a team sacks a manager, whether it's Pompey or any other club in the Football League, all of these managers that are currently available or even those that are unavailable but quite often have those sort of switch arounds, they always get brought up in you know the bookies' favourites and stuff like this. doesn't necessarily mean they're any sort of candidate for Pompey. No, not at all. And I think, um, you know, historically you don't... Similar to signings, really, you can't really put too much emphasis on the names banded about until you know it gets to days before or when deals are all met pretty much agreed and then people like andrew moon and that start to tweet about it and then then you know like that's that's a credible name but i think some of the names we're linked to i think chris wilder is is not happening i i would be really happy if it did but yeah. honest that 
it's just not going to happen. No. Like the guy, the guy's a manager. He's not a coach. Uh, obviously, he can coach, but he he does an old school manager role. We don't want a manager. We want a coach. Um, and for him to come to Pompey, you'd have to have every single puzzle piece fit exactly right, and he'd have to have everything he wants. And it's not going to happen. No. Um, we're much more likely to get someone like Anthony Barry. You mentioned uh, Liam Manning. I, for me, I think it, it, he is top candidate. Not in terms of my personal preference, but I think he, Liam Manning, fits the exact model that that the club want to bring in. Yeah. So. It's going to be someone like that, a young, up-and-coming coach. I don't think it'll be an established manager like Wilder. No. Tom, in about 30, 40 seconds, who would be your sort of bit at the top of your shopping list? We know Liam Richardson, Chris Wilder, probably the biggest names within that hat, but in your opinion, realistically, and, and what you'd probably like to see at Fratton Park? Um, I'd like to see Chris Wilder, but I think Ian's spot on with the kind of we've got to be realistic about these things. Um, my my concern would be I feel like the the club and the supporters who both depend on each other for mutual success in terms of kind of the relationship between the club and its supporters, it, you know, it, it is really broken at the moment. I'm really concerned by that. Um, and for that reason, I feel like a big name is something that, that needs to bind the group of supporters that support Pompey together. And also maybe look look to, to send a message to League One and say, actually, look, Pompey mean business for the, the tail end of the season. Um, so that that's why I'm a little bit concerned about the um, the kind of the up and coming coach model. I just don't think it will it will work personally. Sure, Tom Chith, thank you uh, again. We've got some uh, emails coming in. Linda Mail says, uh, "Well, we all knew it was going to happen, but I hope the players feel some guilt for their performances, especially on Sunday. The Cowleys did not expect professional footballers to not even do the basics. They allowed Charlton players to go through our defence with ease and did not try to put a tackle in." That's the thoughts of Linda on the emails. Dave Burns says, "Hi, Jake. It was sadly inevitable, wasn't it?" Personally, I believe football is 90% about the players. In Sack and Danny, the owner has taken a tough decision and dealt with the 10%. Now it's up to the 90 with all the responsibility they must accept to respond positively and deal professionally with matters on the pitch. Good luck to the new manager. I can't help but feel it is on borrowed time already. We cannot start all over again every time we get a new one in and accept another three to five year plan to get out of this awful division. And that's the opinion of Dave on the emails. And finally, Gav, good evening, gents. Personally gutted to see Danny Nicky go we would never find anyone as committed as those two they gave their time so generously and went out of their way to engage with supporters mascots and generally everyone involved with the city injuries had a major role to play in recent downfall i'd understand it more if the injuries were only affecting fringe players but unfortunately they weren't they were regular first teamers and uh, i can't help but thinking with a fully fit squad to choose from Danny might still be here and would have been able to turn things around. Have a safe trip to Spurs. Thank you very much to Gav on the emails. But enough of the managerial talk for now. Plenty of speculation and quite frankly, no concrete evidence as to who will be Pompey's next head coach. You can keep up to date at Express FM, the Express FM website, expressfm.com, with all of the latest news coming out of Fratton Park when we get it. But now we move on to Pompey's next game. We know who will be in the dugout for the trip to Tottenham Hotspur tomorrow afternoon. Pompey travelled to the Premier League outfit at 12.30. Kickoff at the new Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. And Mason Jordan has a bit more of a lowdown into Antonio Conte's side with Simon Bassey leading the Blues for this one. 
Game number two of 2023 sees managerless Pompey in FA Cup third round action. Premier League outfit Tottenham Hotspur play host to the Blues for the first time at their brand new stadium. Pompey Live, this week's opposition. The Cowley brothers, Danny and Nicky, were relieved of their duties as head coach and assistant late on Monday night following an accumulation of just one league win from the last 14 attempts. The New Year's Day defeat to Charlton Athletic at Fratton Park proved to be the final straw for the club, who wasted no time in making their decision. For now, attention briefly turns back to the pitch as Pompey take on Spurs for the first time since that FA Cup semi-final victory at Wembley in 2010. Since then, plenty has changed for the North London side. Manager. Tottenham are now led by Italian coach Antonio Conte, who took charge of the Lily Whites in November of 2021, succeeding former Wolves boss Nuno Espirito Santo in the dugout. The former Juventus, Chelsea and Inter Milan manager became the first Spurs gaffer to go unbeaten in their first eight league games in charge of the club when they secured a 1-0 win at Watford on January the 1st, 2022. Last season, Conte guided Tottenham to Champions League qualification for the first time in two years after a 5-0 win away at Norwich City and on the final day helped them to a fourth place finish in the top flight. On match day 10 of this season, a 2-0 victory over Everton meant that Spurs have recorded their best ever start to a Premier League campaign, having collected 23 points from a possible 30. One to watch. South Korean winger Song Hyung Min is one to watch this time around, providing he's involved in this weekend's tie, something that is rather difficult to find out without asking manager Antonio Conte himself. The Spurs number seven has formed a dangerous partnership with star striker Harry Kane since his arrival to the club from Bayern. Leverkusen in 2015. Since, he's recorded 97 competitive goals for the club in almost 250 appearances. 30-year-old son became the first ever Asian player to make 200 starts in the Premier League when he was named in the lineup to face Crystal Palace in midweek. Top scorer. Club vice-captain Harry Kane is once again Tottenham's leading scorer this season. The 29-year-old striker has found the back of the net 15 times in the league so far this term and also has contributed to one goal in the Champions League. Only Manchester City's Erling Haaland has managed to score more Premier League goals since the start of their campaign. Kane, who also captains England on the international stage, bagged his most recent goal against Crystal Palace in a Premier League clash at Selhurst Park on Wednesday evening. He's also on the score sheet twice that night. The forward recently broke the record for the most goals in their first 300 Premier League games, his 198 strikes overtaking the record previously set by Alan Shearer, who managed 196 in his first 300. Harry Kane is also just three goals away from becoming Tottenham Hotspur's all-time top goal scorer. He has 264 goals to his name in a Spurs shirt, whereas current holder of the accolade, Jimmy Greaves, managed 266 goals during his nine years at the club in the 1960s. Current form. Spurs are bidding to secure a second consecutive top four Premier League finish for the first time since 2019 come the end of this current campaign. Antonio Conte's side currently occupy fifth position with 33 points on the board. Five ahead of sixth place Liverpool and two behind Manchester United in fourth. The last five league outings have seen a return of just two wins with defeats to Aston Villa and Liverpool in their two, as well as a tour draw with Brentford. Tottenham made it through to the knockout stages of the Champions League where they'll face AC Milan, having picked up 11 points from a possible 18 in the group stage. The Lily Whites are 
are out of the Carabao Cup, however, knocked out in round three after a 2-0 defeat away to Nottingham Forest back in November. We don't need to remind you, but last time out between Portsmouth and Spurs, it was the Blues who came away with a victory and progression to the 2010 FA Cup final, following a win by a scoreline of two goals to nil after extra time at Wembley. Frederick Piquion and Kevin Prince-Boatang were the heroes of that fantastic day at the home of football for Avram Grant's side. Who will make it through to the fourth round of the FA Cup? Can the Blues produce one of the biggest upsets of the weekend? All the unmissable action on Pompey Live. A big thank you to Mason Jordan there for providing a closer look into tomorrow's opponents, Tottenham Hotspur, in the third round of the FA Cup. Pompey, of course, beating Hereford and MK Dons to reach this stage of the competition. Pompey Live back from 11.30, kick-off 12.30 in North London. After the break, we're going to be hearing the pre-match thoughts of Simon Bassey, who talks in greater detail about the opposition. They're a top-class side with world-class players and uh, we certainly know to get anything out of the game, we're going to have to be right at our limit and uh, that's what we hope to be. Do join us for the conclusion of tonight's show in just a few moments' time. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. Go by bus. Go greener with Stagecoach. Next stop, a cleaner, greener future. Did you know that if we all ditch the car and switch to a bus just once a month for a year, we'd save the UK 2 million tonnes of CO2? Switch to bus, because by switching, you can make a big difference. Get on board a Stagecoach bus for a cleaner, greener future. For more information, go to switchtobus.com. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. Welcome back for the final time tonight to the Football Hour here on Express FM, brought to you as always by Stagecoach Across the South. Still to come, more reaction from both Tom Chappell and Ian Chiverton as we preview Pompey's big FA Cup weekender, including the men's trip to Spurs and the women's trip to the London City Lionesses at the home of Dartford Princes Park on Sunday afternoon. Before we get to any of them, let's hear the pre-match thoughts of uh, coach Simon Bassey, who's taken charge of the Blues until a new appointment can be found to succeed Danny and Nicky Cowley. Max Watton first asked how much he and the squad are looking forward to tomorrow's game and playing at such a fantastic venue. Yeah, uh, fantastic. I went to the opening game of uh, the new Tottenham Stadium a few years ago now. Beautiful stadium, fantastic arena. I just rightly say, one of the best in the world. And yeah, it's a great honour to work against uh, a manager of Antonio Conte's uh, pedigree. You know, we went last night to watch the game at Crystal Palace and, you know, they, unluckily for us, maybe they found their form second half. But yeah, brilliant challenge. Brilliant challenge. One we're really looking forward to, me as a coach and certainly the players as competitors are really looking forward to the challenge. So it's not often that Portsmouth's an underdog in League One, but yeah, we'll be the underdog Saturday and this is a good group. We've been in a difficult moment at, the, at this precise time, but there's a good group here and uh, we're going to go Saturday and, and hopefully give a really good account of ourselves and show that there's some fight in us still. Yeah, as you said, massive underdogs going into the weekend, but what approach are you taking into the game? Well, I think we have to be sensible. You know, always when you play these big teams, this isn't my first. We've, you know, in my previous jobs, we've played against West Ham with uh, Pellegrini. We've played Spurs at Wembley under Pochettino. We played Liverpool under Brendan Rodgers. So we've had these games before. It's about 
being in the game is ultimately the, the key, not to do anything stupid early on, certainly. We've worked on some stuff today. We've got a good game plan, we think. We've watched between the staff now probably five or six games of Spurs. Um, to see them live yesterday was uh, was good. First half, we we had a plan. Second half, we had to change that plan by full time. <laughs> and. Uh, and look at look at other ways, but yeah, they're, listen, they're a top-class side with world-class players, and uh, we certainly know to get anything out of the game, we're going to have to be right at our limit, and uh, that's what we hope to be. What's the latest injury update you can provide? Yeah, we've got a few. We picked up one this week, who, which was unfortunate, um, but we bring Louis Thompson uh, back into the group, which is huge for us. I mean, not only Louis is a fantastic player, but he's a really good guy. He's brilliant around the change room. He's a real good person to have in the squad because he has experience, he's got knowledge and he keeps the boys, you know, entertained in, in, in the group, you know, so it's never a quiet moment when Louis about. So, yeah, we're really pleased to have Louis back and he brings a different dynamic to us on and off the pitch. So that's a good one for us. Clark Robertson's um, still undergoing treatment, so probably a little bit soon for Clark, but yeah, outside of that, just the normal ones injured. We hope we don't see envisage any of them probably in the next 10 days. Yeah, great to see Louis back, as you said. How far away do you think he is from possibly getting back into the, into the core group of the squad? Yeah, well, as I say, we're nine subs um, on Saturday, so we'll bring two academy boys into that group who have done well this year be a great experience for them. Um, Louis comes back into the group and I've got no doubt that if I need to put Louis on at some stage, you know, he's got a percentage of the game in him. I wouldn't say it would be a huge percentage of it, but we're starting to build him back into that. He's had some individual training sessions that have helped his fitness, but nothing replicates playing. And unfortunately we haven't got any bounce games here. So he'll have to get his fitness up. Saturday maybe, certainly Tuesday there's an opportunity to get some minutes into him. And just finally, almost 9,000 Pompey fans are going to be in the away end at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Yeah. How crucial will their support be? As always, uh, really crucial. You know, we we take a brilliant following wherever we go. As I say, to, to sell the 9,000 certainly as quickly as we did is a fantastic achievement by them. Um, we, we hopefully will give them something to shout about on Saturday. I was just talking to Kev, the kit man, about 92, I think it was at Highbury. And I just remember the Pompey fans behind the goal that day. I was a young kid watching it then. And then ended up playing with Martin Cool later in, in his career and at the start of my career. And we always used to talk about that. And Martin always spoke so passionately about how brilliant the Pompey fans are, certainly on the big occasions. And obviously through my coaching journey, coming to Fratton Park and playing against them, it was always an intimidating place to go. And I'm sure the 9,000 we take on Saturday will make a lot of noise. Simon Bassi there previewing tomorrow's trip to Tottenham in the FA Cup. So much to get through here on the Football Hour tonight. I really wish it, wish it was called the Football Evening, not the Football Hour. Uh, but some news to bring to you. Uh, Dane Scarlett, of course, miss out in tomorrow's game because he's on loan from Spurs and, and he's not even been allowed to play in previous FA Cup games anyway. So Dane Scarlett won't be playing. Owen Dale, who was not previously allowed to play in Pompey's FA Cup matches by Blackpool, his parent club, he is now being allowed to play against Tottenham. And I think that's got some doing with the fact that Josh Bowler uh, has recently re-signed for Blackpool so they've got options I don't think Owen Dale is, is as really on their radar anymore in, in regards to being recalled and of course as we just heard from Simon Bassett Louis Thompson returning to the squad tomorrow potentially Kieran Freeman as well very quickly Tom Pompey away at Tottenham tomorrow massive massive game looking forward to this one 8.8 thousand Pompey fans going
huge out for everyone isn't it and it will be a reminder of the kind of the the, the good old days perhaps of, of when Tottenham was a routine Premier League away day um, I know we haven't got long Jake so I just wanted to quickly throw in Riley Towler yes. what a result and it's definitely doors you have opened up my mouth to my very next point in time love it thank you oh, very much segway complete Riley Towler as Tom's just mentioned has signed for Pompey he was on loan at AFC Wimbledon this season from Bristol City they recalled him earlier today um, amid interest from the Blues who have signed centre-back Riley Towler from Bristol City on an undisclosed fee for three and a half years. We'll talk more about that on Monday's show and, of course, on Pompey Live tomorrow morning as well. Tom, thank you very much. Cheers. We're going to get back to him in a few moments' time. But now let's look ahead to the Pompey Women's FA Cup tie this weekend. They take on the London City Lionesses at Prince's Park. And yesterday afternoon, I caught up with their boss, Jay Sadler. Jay, first of all, let's talk about the big news regarding the Pompey men this week. That is the dismissal of Danny Cowley as head coach. What are your thoughts on that one, having worked so closely with him? Many fans agree the decision, but also very quite sad to see a good, genuine man leave the club. Yeah, from, from a footballing perspective, he knows, and, and I know, being a manager, um, if you're to win one league game in, in 15, um, it's, it's not good. It's not good at any level. It's nearly a quarter of a season, and um, change was was obviously imminent, but personally, obviously, I, I've worked with Danny for and Nikki for near on eighteen months. Both top, genuine blokes, um, hardworking people, and the insight that I gained from them is is invaluable for for my my development personally. And, and I've got nothing but but gratitude, um, and I wish them both um, the best of luck in their future endeavours. Mm. Plenty of names thrown about in regards to potential replacements for the role. Jay, who do you think will be best suited and why? Or what kind of manager do you think would be best suited? Yeah, I think it's a difficult one. But I think what people need to look at is the model that Pompey now have. Obviously, you have a sporting director in place. Um, so, therefore, the, the head coach role, it is different to one of a manager. A manager would predominantly manage all aspects of the football club, whereas the head coach will be coming in and their main priority will be football and operations. So I'm looking along the likes of of, of Eric Ramsey, Man United, um, looking at the likes of uh, Mason at, at Tottenham, kind of a young kind of coach that will go onto the pitch and will um, we'll put out their ideologies on the pitch that way. Um, I understand, obviously, there's a lot of speculation going around with um, with Wilder, a little bit more experience, etc. Um, but all in all, whoever comes into that role, I've got, I've got a fantastic position at a great club. Uh, I do think this this squad has been underperforming this season. I do think the squad is good enough and capable in the right hands. And hopefully um, we'll start to see that. Big game coming up this weekend, the FA Cup at Spurs. You're joining us for the coverage up in North London. How do Pompey approach this one, both on the pitch and off it, given recent form and, of course, the events unfolding in the dugout? Yeah, I think it's a free hit, isn't it? Um, there's absolutely nothing to lose but everything to gain. 9,000 Pompey fans, they can go down there, they can enjoy themselves. Obviously, we'll be in the press box for the game and, and it's one we can enjoy. Um, hopefully, Tottenham will, will put out big names and it'll be one of those occasions that, regardless of the outcome, it'll be a moment for, for fans to cherish. But when you're going into the FA Cup, the FA Cup's a magical, magical um, competition and, and anything can happen. Listen, Pompey are going underdogs with, yes, their recent form, but you look at their cup form, um, you wouldn't put it past Pompey at the minute to, to go and put on a performance. As long as they go there, they give the best account of themselves. That's all Pompey fans can ask. Yeah, absolutely. 
On to your side now, Jay. The Pompey women in action on Sunday against the London City Lionesses away in the Vitality Women's FA Cup. How big of a tie is this for you and your team? Yeah, this is a fantastic tie. Fantastic challenge for us. We're going away from home to the uh, the Championship League leaders. So it's going to be a, a tough, tough ask for us. But it's a great asset test to see where we're at. I've said a number of times now we've competed and, and beaten some of the top teams in our league. Billericay, Watford, Ipswich, Oxford. They're currently the, the top five with us as well. And, and we've beaten them all. So we rise our game when we're playing against top teams. Um, and this will be no different. Similar to the men going away to Tottenham. We're going with, with nothing to lose, everything to gain. Um, yes, you could talk about Tottenham away in the, in the next round and, and what an incentive and a carrot that is. However, the opportunity to go and play against a professional team, professional setup, international players, if that's not, that doesn't give you motivation as a player or as a staff member to go up against that, then I don't know what does. Showing promising form in the league, as you mentioned as well, Jay. Six wins from the opening 10 games, third in the table and chasing the leaders, Oxford United. Though, as you mentioned, this game in the Cup is one to look forward to. Is it just as easy for it to become a distraction? Um, yeah, and we can allow it to become a little bit of a distraction um, just for this weekend. Obviously, our priority is on is on the league. Um, ultimately, at the start of the year, that was something that we set. But we did want to go in and have a little cup run as well. Um, obviously, with the increased um, financial um, incentives, um, that, that does give us a bonus if you can get through the rounds um, from a business point of view. But from a footballing point of view, um, we'll part the league. We know we've got an important game against Ipswich, another top, top team in, in this league um, the following week weekend however this weekend will go similar again it's it is a similar weekend to the men's where we'll just go and enjoy ourselves we'll try and put on a performance showcase true talents um, and hopefully that might see us into the next round we talk about fa cup magic in the men's game jay is it just as present in the women's game yeah definitely it's magical it's a magical competition um the, the chance to, to ultimately play at Wembley um, in a final at, at the end of the competition allows people to dream. And although we're a small team and in terms of our stature with the likes of Chelsea, Man United, even London City, Lionesses, um, that potential for this competition, it's continually growing. Like I said, the increased finances, it's not quite there yet. I still think the FA can can do more and, and hopefully we'll see that in the coming years. But right now, the the magic is there. The, it's the FA Cup at the end of the day, whether it's the men's, the women's, um, the disability, FA Cup, they, they, they all mean the same thing. So we want to get as far as we can. Um, we want to keep the momentum going. As you said, our, our league form going into this game has been, been really good as well. We've won our last six games in all competitions and, and we want to make it seven on Sunday. And just finally, Jay, any injury or suspension concerns heading into this one? Yeah, unfortunately, um, Emma Jones, who, who took a knock in the last round against Bowers and Pitsy, um, we've just had a result, uh, her scam come back and it looks like she'll be on the sidelines for a few more weeks, um, which is obviously obviously a shame. But apart from that, we've got a fully um, fit squad to, to select from. Um, this round of the cup, we're allowed increased substitutions, so we can go with a squad of 20. Uh, Macy Walters and, and Jess Smith, they've been training with us this week, um, being called up from the development team and, and both have impressed. So, yeah, the competition for, for places is high. Everyone obviously wants to be in the squad. So it's going to be a difficult decision um, come Saturday morning. Um, however, we can go there full of confidence and hopefully get a result. And we'll hear more from Jay Sadler on Pompey Live tomorrow morning in regards to that game. And of course, the sacking of Danny Carlin, who might be Pompey's next head coach for the men too. Very quickly, um, big game for the women on Sunday. London City Lionesses. It doesn't 
doesn't come really much tougher than this, does it, in this round? No, it's an incredibly tough fixture for the girls. Uh, it's been a, a long time, many, many years since we've uh, been able to have a match against a high league opposition. So it's a big test. Uh, the players and Jay are looking forward to it, but it literally doesn't get any harder than that. They're, um, London City Linus is the top of the league. They're absolutely flying. We're away from home and we're missing our one of our best players in Emma Jones. So it's going to be a, a huge test for the girls. But, you know, this team, Jay doesn't know how to defend. He literally doesn't know. <laughs> he, he plays attacking <laughs> football all the time. Yeah. So he's going to go out there. He'll set up sensibly, but the girls are not going to go and sit back. Uh, it's just one to enjoy. I know quite a few Pompey fans are going up. So... Yeah, really looking forward to it. Good test for the girls. And yeah, I'm, I'm really pleased for them. Lovely stuff. And Jay, uh, Jay, you mentioned plenty of Pompey fans going to the game at Tottenham, of course, tomorrow. We hope to see as many faces there at Dartford on Sunday as well for Pompey women's trip to the London City Lionesses in the FA Cup 2. That is the game we're covering here as part two of a big FA Cup weekender here on Express FM. Pompey live from Prince's Park from midday 12 o'clock. But first, it is the Blues against Tottenham Hotspur in the third rounds of the Men's FA Cup tomorrow afternoon. 12.30 kickoff in North London. Our coverage starts here from 11. 11.30. All the unmissable action. This is Pompey Live. Pompey started 2023 with defeat against Charlton Athletic. It's an own goal. The booze ring out round Fratton Park. Portsmouth are going to lose. They're going to start 2023 with defeat. Up next, the Blues face Premier League giants Tottenham Hotspur in the FA Cup. Can Pompey cause an FA Cup upset? Join us for all of the unmissable action Saturday from 11.30. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. Yeah, we're going to continue to talk about everything we spoke about tonight. The sacking of Danny Cowley, who could be Pompey's new head coach. We'll also talk about the signing of Riley Towler, the centre-back from Bristol City. And, of course, that big game for the Pompey women on Sunday when Pompey Live returns tomorrow for part one of two of the massive FA Cup weekender here on Express FM. 11.30 from the new Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Myself, Robbie James and Jay Sadler. OK, score prediction time. Very quickly going to start with Tom Chappell. Pompey away at Tottenham tomorrow. What are you going for? I think I'd go 3 or 4-1 to Tottenham, but I can't <laughs> wait to see the scenes for that all-important first goal that I think we'll get, Jake. Yeah, absolutely. Why not? Tom, thank you very much. Cheers as well. Your score prediction for tomorrow and Sunday's <laughs> Tom, game. Tom said exactly the same as me. Pompey <laughs> will take the lead, but we'll eventually lose through. I'll take, I'll take that. I'll take it. Look, I don't think there's much expectation, is there? Cheers. Thank you very much. OK, that is it from us here on the Football Hour. I'll be back on Monday for the next edition of the show here on Express FM 6 through till 7 to react to all of the FA Cup weekend action as well. Thank you for joining us. It's been a pleasure to have you on the show. Have a great weekend. And as our late dear friend Mark Greenwood would say, keep smiling. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.